You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Arab Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizcho Daraisa. I'm Aprom Kipolevich, as usual, but not like usual. Rabbi Yosef Kavriel Bechofer, the Saratere Bechleidav Atzmai, can't be here. And uh, I know Rabbi Yosef Kavriel is very committed to this program continuing. So I reached into my uh, Rolodex, as it were, and uh, I, on Mamish, on a whim, I reached out to someone who himself has a sort of a Rizfa Daraisa program um, called The Rabbi's Podcast. Uh, I am, and which is a big plug for the Rabbi's Podcast. Go out there and listen. But he's decided to try to fill the immense, incredible shoes of Rabbi Yisif Gavriel Becha for himself. I am speaking to Rabbi Nelson Spiro. And uh, he is the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva's Avas Atera in University Heights. That's actually a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Rabbi Nelson, thank you. You saved us. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened. I would have, oh. had, I, I would have had to... Uh, just, you know, do this on my own, munching on the most succulent sausages that are produced probably on the face of the planet from Abel's and Hyman, who are, are you know, they let me do this. They- well, thank you so much for asking me to be on it. I'm really honored. I'm, uh, I love your show. First of all, I love your voice. You have a voice made for podcast. I'm serious. It's- and now you see a face which is definitely also made for podcast. Great, but it's really great. You, you, your voice really brings upon a certain warmth, a certain, a certain geschmack. Rabbi Yisrael Gabriel Bechafer is a god of Yisrael. I love him. Yeah, I love his Torah. His son worked by us in Yeshiva. Noam, a shout out to Noam Bechafer. So a dear, dear boy. Great boy. Great boy. Great family. Yes. And uh, I, I can't fill his shoes. I'm like a pinch hitter. I'm like a Del Unzer. You're a baseball fan. I'm like Del Unzer. Well, well, I, maybe we'll say Rust, maybe uh, Rusty Staub, perhaps. Rusty Staub, oh, Karanda. Yeah, yeah. Rusty Staub. I'm not a good Rusty Staub. Del Unzer. Del Okay, past my time, but I know what you're talking about. You're talking about that 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 utility player that can come in and get the hit. But we'll see if you can not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe get at least. At least take up space at the plate. Maybe you can get hit by a pitch, which usually happens. Oh, okay. every, I, I make sure to, uh, to to throw, to beanball him. <laughs> Sometimes he ducks, but most of the time I get him. Uh, so I I applaud your courage to stand here, you know, uh, you know, to stand, you know, facing me. Well, I speak to you from the mound of Abel's and Hyman. I, you didn't let me do my whole spiel, of course, about great uh, the product that is, and speaking about baseball again, you know the nine days haven't started yet. You can still go out to the baseball games. I'm not sure if you can sneak in an A and H hot dog there. They they are pretty mock, but I don't know. Maybe in the ter- world of COVID, you could bring in your own food or what. But if you can get a uh, an A and H sausage or hot dog, boy, I can't think of anything better of sitting in the bleachers, um, in a, in some hopefully in the shade. And, you know, after you've washed and, and, and you've done everything correctly uh, to watch, you know, the great American pastime uh, chewing on uh, a sausage or an A&H hot dog. That's probably too close to Elam Haba, to, to be fair. 
especially for you, the, a Midwestern fellow like you. They're, they're all baseball chevra. Uh, by the way, what is your, uh, what are they doing, your chevra? They call themselves the Cleveland baseball team? What are, the Cleveland indigenous people? What are they going to call themselves now? So you're breaking up a drop. Yeah, so what are they calling them? The, you know, I know the, the, the Redskins, uh, I, I think if I just said it now, I might be canceled, but what are they going to be calling the Cleveland Indians? You know, they have that. I, think that. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to start being called the Cleveland baseball team. I'm not sure, but um, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm actually, I'm from Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, they have a great Philly. Phillies fan. They came in there. We are the Philadelphia Philadelphians. Like, <laughs> that's who we are. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you were the Pittsburgh Philadelphians. Like, like this is the shot, the Philadelphia Phillies. What does it even mean? I, I think there's not that much to be proud about in Philadelphia. So that kind of looks like, what, what could we have a name that defines the city? I don't know. They did have, have a real Gavra, though, who was a Yid, right? They had a Gavra as a hitter who was a Yid from Philly. I forgot who it was. But who was a Yid? I mean, my, they had the great Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, yeah. Mike. He, he was not a Yid, though. Oh, he wasn't. Great, great player. He wasn't. He wasn't. I'll tell you, uh, it's a quick Philadelphia line, which I think helps define our city. Um, do we, we do jokes on this podcast, right? This whole podcast is a joke. What are you talking about? You do jokes. The whole mochus of Rizchad Araisa is basically the Rizchus that is, I guess, comes from uh, the humor and uh, inanities that we sputter uh, among ourselves. But go ahead. Yes. What's your joke? So they were looking for a, this is a true story, they were looking for a, a slogan in Philadelphia for the city. And the newspaper invited people to mail in slogans, what they would like. It's probably in the early 90s. So a friend of mine at BMG, um, he wrote in a slogan, he said, Philadelphia. If you think our bell has a crack problem, come on down to North Philly. <laughs> but surprisingly, he didn't win, which was you know, much to our dismay. I would say that, uh, you know, considering the, the, the woke atmosphere, that probably, even saying that would probably get you condemned today. Yes, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Proclaim freedom throughout the land. Well, there still is freedom over here on these airwaves or these yes. airwaves between us. And I know, uh, Nelson, I know that... Um, you listen to some of our programs, you know how, how things go over here. And you know that we've been doing um, a series uh, sporadically of what-ifs, of alternate uh, histories. We talked about Hedra Shimon Shkup, decided to stay in Mikamur Shashiv and YU, Hedra not never uh, been a martyr where he was in Kovna, had he decided, had he been able to uh, uh, stay in the United States, how things would be different. We talked about, um, had uh, the Bavacharebe had children, would that have made a difference in the Mitzoyim of Chabad and the whole Meshichas of Chabad? So we've definitely been uh, around the bend often about things that I'm sure is a Bentayra probably interested you as well. And I hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So the so here's something I, I was thinking, and of course the problem with this "what if" I'm going to suggest to you is that we don't have enough historical facts to really project. Uh, it's so far back in the mists of of time that I'd like to see this somewhat as a what if, to start as a what if, but also to be a comment on what is, and maybe even what could be different. So, Roshiva Bavasateru, who gives shiurim, I know, in in, in Shas, and and, and, and and I'm sure you, you you give over to the Talmudim, like Noyam Bechoffer and others, you gave over to them the Yisoyedis of what it means to run a Pasugia, 
all of us, every single one of us, me and you and anybody who's part of our, you know, of, of the chevra like ourselves. It's Gemara Rashi Tesis, right? It's Gemara, right? And Bikiyah Shir is Gemara Rashi, right? And Zukbe look at Rashi, and Rashi is Rabin Shol Yisrael. In fact, you know, Rashi is way above the Nazi, the Tsarfati. Rashi is really Taira, right? Even if you, even in Shulchan Aruch, when it's when they talk about Shnei Mikra Vechat Targum, that the Rosh says it becomes a Chelik Mamish of Shal. Right, it was incredible what happened here. Here's a Rishon that didn't even it wasn't alive at the time that the Yisoid was was developed or Shnaya Mikra, and Rashi's incredible uh, the hegemony of Rashi is so he's bigger than that person, and therefore Rashi becomes a chelik guilty nifrad of Parshonis Amikra and also Shas. Okay. Um, and it's almost like, and, and I actually, I don't know if you use this metaphor, you, you deal with older, with older Talmudim. I always say, Rav Nelson, I tell my Talmudim, and adults as well, every Rashi is a layup. Every Rashi they can read, read and understand helps them become a Lamdi, helps them to learn the Sugya. Read the Rashi, go through it. Yeah, okay, what did he mean here? Where to put the cop? That's another layup. As we know, again, switching metaphors from you're clearly a baseball person, but you know, <laughs> growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, you, you know, basketball was a little bit of a of a bigger thing for us. But I knew what it was like to shoot layups. You go back again, again, and again. Every rash is. Let's see a little frozen on me. So obviously, um, I am not going to um, advocate <laughs> a rejection, but I want to speculate. We know that Rashi had his Rabbeim. He mentions them. He talks about the Machleksim he had with them. And we know his Rabbeim were already working on what is called this marginal perush that Rashi is, the Kuntras, which is basically helping even the youngest student go word by phrase by phrase, strange Aramaic word by whatever it is. And of course, Rashi has his methodology and Rashi didn't invent it. Right, we know if you've learned if, if you're learning Dafyomi now, and I assume that you probably are. Yeah, yeah. No, there's Rabbeinu El Yochum. It's Rabbeinu El Yochum that you see they're always quoting. I had I I I knew I was into Rabbeinu El Yochum before it was in vogue. Right, Rabbeinu El Yochum. You can see a bar a, 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 who wrote according to the Rosh on three storm of Shas. He didn't finish it completely, but you can see the alternatives. He was a a, a, a hover of Rashi's who was learning in the same Bismedrish. And you can see where it is that Rashi is not so original, that sometimes Rashi is taking it from his Rabbeim. In other words, the Tsarfosim, what they were doing was they were promoting this type of, of learning. Right. And, 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 and clearly, though, they, the, if you believe the, the Sefer Kabul and other things, that the Shas was sent out to the north there, and they started to study it. So obviously, the, the Gedele Olam needed to have this running uh, parish in order to make sense and, and, and in order for students to be oichazit. And Rashi, of course, wasn't the inventor. However, Rashi, clearly people vote with their feet. And clearly Rashi, with his merits, was able to make Rabbeinu Yochum a footnote uh, and, and, and others and to become the primary parishion of most of, uh, of Kemat, all of Shas. To the point that, that, that even in Sfarad and other places, Everybody started the contrast and followed there, and it became a Dover Pasha to do the Gemara with Rashi. So here's my what if. Let's say that didn't happen. I'm not trying to obliterate Rashi from the world. 
<laughs> Rashi should have lived and whatever he did. Maybe he should he should have pascaling the Sefer Apartus. And even if some some person would have discovered this this parish now, but let's say it had not been nechas. Let's say it had not spread the way it did to the point that even though they realized Talmud Bavli was where they needed to uh, put their emphasis in order to create and develop halacha, but they didn't have this running commentary a la Rashi. We know that, and again, I, I'm saying this for the listeners' uh, edification, not for a Rosh Hashiva like yourself. Um, you know that Rabbeinu Tam frequently invokes, although he's Rashi's grandson, Rabbeinu Hanano, Matsosi be Rabbeinu Hanano. It was it was it was a nice. It came from North Africa. He had heard about it. Rashi, of course, you know, despite his familiarity with the Aruch, did not have a, a complete Rabbeinu Hananel's parish or pieces of it. The Baliatesis, however, did, and often were Madif Rabbeinu Hananel over, over their grandfather or over the old Zeva's parish. So there would have perhaps been some, and you know, Hananel is different than Rashi. Right, Hanan doesn't necessarily do the same thing. Let's say Rashi's out of the picture. Do you think the learning of Shas and the way our learning today? Uh, so let's speculate how different it would be. What, what do you think? I think it's a really great question because I think the only way you can truly appreciate something is by not having it. Right. I think it's a great discussion to wonder what would life be like without Rashi, right? How would our lives be different? So in a few ways, number one, I think Bavli would be in a certain way, it would be similar to Yerushalmi. I think it would be a much more closed, safer. I mean, I, I, I'm aware in recent years that Yerushalmi is much, much more open than one of the people who, who has been the proliferation of Yerushalmi is the uh, person I'm replacing today, Rabbi Bechoffer. But I think Bob would be more like Yerushalmi. It would be a specialty safer. It would be like Safra and Sifri. That Cham would learn it. Um, it wouldn't be for the Amcha. I think some people would be happy about that. You know, sometimes you hear Yeshiva guys, Yeshiva Shalom talk about Dafyaimi in almost a very like, uh, the guys who learn Dafyaimi, as if it's like, it's not a Mila. So I think there would be, a, it would, it would, Shas would be elitist. And I think maybe the Rambam's, what the Rambam wrote in his Akdama, I think the, the Mishnah Taira would actually have a bigger role. I think people would learn the Mishnah Taira to have, to get this Muslim call it Kulab. I think Shas would be a pretty close safer. And now that, that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is no, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, we know. What would have happened? The women of Aliyaka or other Yishayim would have filled the vacuum of Rashi and it, it, it wouldn't be that different as it is today. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting speculation. I, I agree with you. There definitely is the democratization of Shas that Rashi allowed to happen. Like, you know, just even translating some of the more difficult words and 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 and, and correcting the Gersoyas in a way that everybody would be able to jump in. I do. I love the uh, connection that you made. Obviously, you know, I've given Dafyomi Shiurim and every single person who's holding is holding an art scroll, <laughs> Shas there, an art scroll <laughs> So it, it definitely, in many ways, although oh, look, look, look how, in, how much they know, but on the other hand, look how much they are leaning on other things and right. not necessarily experiencing the excitement of piercing the truth and, and, and teasing it out 
and enjoying the actual Shakavatari of the Sugya because right. it's fun. Now, we say that about, about Art Scroll, but you can see people like... A hundred percent. You know, the right... I of, have heard... Yeah, I have heard... I, I, I can't verify this, but I've heard a friend of mine who's in history told me that he said in the earlier diarist, those who learned Rashi were looked at today as those who learned Art Scroll. The, the Raivan writes about the Balamor. He says, you know, he's Mishubat to the Tsarfati. Uh, I have, there's other places in the Raivan's uh, over where he, he recognizes that Rashi was a big person, but he was against the fact that, uh, you know, that Rashi's was, 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 was so accepted to the point that nobody could think outside of the box. The Raivan himself was uh, fascinated by very difficult, obscure uh, sugyas, like in Masechtas Kenim and, and other places where, or you can even see in, in his Hasogis on the Rambam, the places where his interest is peaked. Chaim Salvechik, the Rav's son, has already pointed this out uh, in his essays on the Raivad, that the Raivad you know, was, 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 was very much there to say, look, I'll help. I think we need help when it's really tough. When, when, when even the champions of learning need the help of, a, of an expert, I'm here to provide some uh, direction and, and to show you how to do it. But on a regular blot, perhaps what we're doing is we're weakening the muscles of, right. of the people. That, but you know, that always, that, that, that's a machlekes, which I feel really started from the Gemara and Brachas between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Shua. Right? Meaning, already back to then, what is the right way that the base Medrash should run? That Kalal Yisrael's perspective relationship with there is. Is it that there is an elitism and the, and the elite are, are, should be in yeshivas, but the rest of the people should be more, you know, the, the, the Tolos Yaakov Yosef, who says that the tzaddikim are the tzura and the amcha is, is the chaymer. Right? There's a relation with the chaymer tzura. There's a great truth to that, but to, to which degree are we going to say that the amcha, that the average person is only part of the chaymer of Kla Yisrael, and he'll be deprived of Limanatari. I don't know. It's like I said before, this has been debated for hundreds of years. The Rebbe Gamliel felt that the yeshivas for the elite. The Yeshua felt the yeshivas are not for the elite. So the Brachas that you're referencing actually says that, uh, you know, <clears throat> right? The Gemara says that he was given this cholum, but the cholum was just to be Mephias, right? That really right. the derech of the derech of Marbas of Solim. Uh, made right. sense. Uh, you so know, some of the Mephorshim actually say there that it's a very strange Gemara because he had a dream, but no, the dream's not real, Mephayasim. So some of the Mephorshim say that it was coming to show that in that particular time, Rebbe Gamil had made a mistake. But in general, there is such a Mahalach. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, look, we look, look, look today, I mean, at least when I was a bunker, it was brisk and it was mere, right? To get into brisk was very hard. To get into mere, Anybody who walked wanted to walk into the mirror, and that was the way of Blazel Yudel wanted. Apparently, I mean, I was not there in Blazel Yudel's days. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm much too much young for that. Uh, she was Rashiva then, but that anybody walked into the mirror based Medrash, he, he he was able to he was able to walk in, learn, no questions asked. They could be even there a guy there, and, and that, that was. I don't know. Look, I I was there. You know, I I got there in '77, and. Um, well, oh, you were by Rabbanish. Well, I was by Rav Chaim. I had to. Chaim, right, right, Chaim, I had right. to. I had to. I had to present. I had to present a letter from my Rosh Hashiva. I had to have a bechina from Rav Chaim and Rav Nochum. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I, and, and Rav Nochem, Rav Nochem made a hashen blotter for me, because the whole shtikl Torah I wanted to say, Rav Nochem said, no, I don't want to hear a shtikl Torah on that. Um, <laughs> so I, I had a shtikl Torah on the Arba, you know, I had a shtikl Torah in Brochus he didn't want to hear. I had a shtikl Torah in, um, in uh, how the derech of, 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 of how your shoyel, the Arba Kashis works, and the Gemara about how you get, you know, what's the by 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 the by the Eved of Rav Nachman, how you get Potter from from saying Manishtana and how the Derech Shoyel Meishiv. Yeah, he didn't want to hear any of that. He wanted to know, really? he wanted to know Davlov and Bavakama, and he wanted to know the Tesis, and then he. <laughs> they still took me though, despite the fact that I was like, you know, uh, you know, turned. Uh, I was I was uh, cut to ribbons by Rav Nachman. He still took me, and I still enjoyed being in his year and, and, and speaking with him. But you're correct. You definitely didn't have the, the elitist ass. And we've talked about Brisk's elitism, which I think was a little bit, you know, uh, cuckoo. I mean, and, and it was, I can tell you that because I knew the Brisker guys who used to come and learn by us at night. Uh, I've spoken about it, I think, on this program or one of the programs that I have where they would come at night because uh, they didn't have a yeshiva at night because they basically they didn't have a building. They were in a shul in the Karim shul or some other shul so they had to come and learn at night and you know they, they, the, 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 the briskers uh, cultivated an elitism which I think was ugly uh, up to a certain point it, got, right. it was really I don't think it's what Rav Chaim himself would have wanted or even Rav Ram Yeshu whoever it was that they were learning from at that time um, you know I, 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 one thing you didn't take the bait on and I want to talk about Rav Hanano for a second um, okay there is a sense of okay, I'm here to be. See, let's say like this: the, the, you know, we, we take a look at the Rambam. You mentioned the Rambam. The Rambam didn't never mentions Rashi. Uh, the Rambam never mentions a parish of Rashi in his Chuvas or any place, even in places where there's sugis that people ask him about. He doesn't say, "Oh, this is the thing that I've seen." So, you know, obviously the Rambam's history with the the, the, the Almo had persecutions and was where he was going, uh, his general ignorance of what was going on in Europe. It's not, I guess, it's, isn't that surprising? Uh, that the that the contrasim didn't make it down to him, and of course the, this leads to the the wonderful speculation. Okay, that well, you know, how did the Rambam learn the sugim? So, but did the Rambam learn it without it? Did the Rambam have Hananel? Did the Rambam, the Rambam had the riff, of course, which gives you some partialness, but also Rabbi Hanano. And I think Rabbi Hanano, in many ways, uh, isn't like the Rivid in saying I'm only going to be elitist and only be mafarish the most difficult places. Like the, if the if the Rivid would have his druthers. He would be like the briskers. He would say, look, only the most difficult, complicated, that's where I'm going to say. Rabbeinu Hanano, he doesn't uh, spoon feed you completely like Rashi. On the other hand, um, he steps back and he gives you sort of like the Me'iri type of Kralim to sort of the Mafteach to the Sugya sometimes more than what Rashi would do, which is actually like a hand in a glove uh, throw you into the water. And I think that in, in some ways could help because I think there's a, a certain amount of gribbleri that happens with the shaklavataria that you, it, it, it stops you from seeing uh, the forest because of the trees. So I, so I think there, you're correct, I think, that, that halacha, halacha would get a greater emphasis. But also I think the derech of, of, of learning would be a little bit different to maybe even more, more there would be more abstract concepts or ideas as opposed to you know you know 
uh, going into the back and the shaklavatari in the Gemara itself. And I, I'm not sure if that would be a Mila, but I think it would. I think it would. I think it would um, give uh, elements of strength to different parts of our brain. The other. Yes. One, the other one. Be, I, it, go ahead. Look, there are, we, we always want creativity and learning. We, we know the real way for a person to get the proper geschmack in learning is when he feels creative in learning. Not just that he's learning it, but he, 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 he's part of the binyan. That's part of Torah, really. That we become a tertiary we become part of the binyan, as our tzaddik says in many different places. So yeah, I think the, the more to get a person involved, with, the better. And I could see in my life, you would try in a week and say, you know, you, just to start your vamas and announce for the first five days, no Rashi, just do the Mishnah and the Gemara and figure it out. I think it actually would have a mile to it if the ilum would, would immerse themselves in the suyas in such a way without being fed anything and forced to create. The only problem is the elements, you know, how much silliness would come out, right? Would, would there be a large degree of a fool? I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating what if, you know, to go for a week in yeshiva and pretend there was never, Rashi was never invented. Figure it out without Rashi. Maybe maybe based on this uh, chance encounter, Abbas Atayri has another, as a, as a project for next year. I would I would tell you, I always... Uh, I quote my brother, who was a Talmud mamish of Rav Nota Greenblatt. I was someone who was with him all the time. Uh, Rav Nota, really? Well, I'm from Memphis, and Rav Nota, of course, lived two blocks from my house, and a shutif uh, with my father, and always, and I was always speaking to him. I, I grew up with his children, but Rav Nota, I did learn Gemara with him, uh, you know, sporadically. My brother used to learn every Shabbos with him, and uh, it's because of. Uh, Rav Nota, my brother went to Tells, and I think the rest of us went to yeshiva. You know, my right. parents, you know, came to America and were, you know, had such a sense of akarasatov to the U.S. I think they would have sent us to whatever American schools made sense. It was Rav Nota who felt that my brother should, you know, a European boy uh, should go to Tells and uh, follow the idea of going to yeshivas, and we ended up, you know, uh, doing that. But Rav Nota used to say, he said, no. Would say the We would say, let's look at Rashi. He says, "I'm in it." I'm in it. He would say, "Vuzukt Greenblatt." <laughs> you know. So you know, when I used to hear him not to say "Vuzukt Greenblatt," you know, it's like what? Not Rashi? Yeah, "Vuzukt Greenblatt," and I think that's something that 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 we're missing. I also want to, uh, you know, chime in on a, a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if it's yours as well. You know, part of Risco de Rice is, is pet peeves. Um, you know, there's Eina Doima. You know, you, I don't, you know, you probably uh, don't remember the original wedding shots, the Goldman wedding shots, uh, which was a big mama moose of a Gemara. And my wife, I didn't get it for the Hasana, my wife. I, I, I lost you. I thought I wrote freeze. I lost you like the last... My wife worked very hard to, uh, as a typist. She had a typing business, and people used to come and drop off their term papers and other works for college, and she would type them up. And she worked laboriously in order to get me the golden wedding shots, the big uh, yellow uh, papered wedding shots. Today, you can't give them away. And the reason is, of course, is because it's not like the Talman shots. The Talmud Shas, small as it was in the beginning, the bolded Rashis, right? 
you give the wedding shots today, which was a pretty penny. It was a couple hundred bucks, four or $500, uh, which is a lot of money back then when I got married. Um, today, you can't you can give it away. The Oizva the, Hunter the edition, that art scroll, and they made their partnership. <laughs> um, that the, 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 they should reprint all the art scroll Gemaras with Oizva Hunter. Clearly, no one is going to tell you to use the old Gemaras. I don't know what's going to happen to them. They're going to be in Seamus and, you know, for, for a long time. Uh, people aren't going to be even salvaging them because it's come out impossible for, for the Heintegebacher, maybe even for you, to, to, to read a, 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 Rash, a, a Gemara page where the Rashis aren't bolded. Yeah, whenever I look at an old Gemara page, it, literally, it hurts my eyes. Mamish, I feel like I can't look at it. Okay. But, you know, like others who have said, why does Rashi have to have this crazy script? And I was telling them, you know, you're correct. It had to do with an anomaly in printing. They, they weren't able to, to, to make the fonts smaller. And because they couldn't make the fonts smaller, they had to create a different shape of the font. So this way they knew what was Rashi, what wasn't. But Basmana said, why, who needs these fonts? But of course, the Oilam will tell you, no, this is the way you become a Lamdan by being typhus, two different types of alphabetical caricatures and being able to hold cup. And I know when I teach Balabatim who, who come to Gomorrah late, this is one of the big stumbling blocks to them. But no, no. So, but let's assume, okay, that this is somehow still a good mental exercise to have. Um, and maybe it's, it, it's, it's good to be Masalic, the old, uh, you know, to, you'll be able to zero in on the Debra Maskell. So this way you can think quicker. Instead of having to worry where the Debra Maskell is, that amount of time that you save is more time you could put into the bank for the type of learning you want to do. Great. But what bothers me is, the Lakute Rashis that are in all these Oizvahadar editions. Uh, some less than some less than others. There's some that they'll give you every Rashi if it's a plus. <laughs> in, 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 in Tanakh, they'll give you again, the, the, right, they'll find everything they can. I, I, and when I teach my Talmudim, I find that that it's a distraction. It could be there's places where I might want to make a point that Rashi said it here, but in Amasechus of Edezara or in the Sugi Makbil, he decided to say it in a different place. But to actually feel that I, the only way I can learn even Rashi on this page is by actually seeing the Rashi's where these sugis or these words are said or these phrases are said or someplace else, and then it becomes part of the Rebbe's to, to, to sort of make show between them, to me, I think this is, this is really, goes even against, this goes against what Rashi would want, and I think it's really a crum way of learning. What do you think from Nostra? So I'm going to agree and disagree with you. First part, I just want to say one thing. I heard an interesting Misa. Someone told me from Rebetzin Yurkansky, Bella Yurkansky's uh, Almana, and she was talking, they were talking about the difference between today and she was in Europe, but she said one of the biggest differences was that in Europe, people didn't feel a need to ask the Rashiva every single question, right? There wasn't a need of Das Tayyar on every single topic. People were more independent, made their own decisions. I think it fits in exactly what we're saying. We live in a door right now. What are, are those pickled tomatoes? <laughs> I'm sorry for staring you. I'm not staring. They look good. You're darshaning here, and I'm thinking, what am I, what's going to go on my hot dogs? But go what ahead. I'm, I'm a big fan of pickled tomatoes. Okay. So I think it's part of the motif of today. We don't want to think for ourselves so much. And I think we would be lost without our hands being held. Forget about Rashi. Without all the achrenim we learn, 
well, we would be lost. But I, by it, look like all like all things in life, it's, it has good and bad. As good that it guides us, it helps us learn. We need more help. On the other hand, it, it, it causes a loss of independent thinking, which is always bad. The part where I disagree with you about is Lakute Rashi. I personally find it very appealing. I've recently started learning Yerushalmi. Right? And I found, I've, I've, I've done a few masechtas. I did brachas. I found learning brachas Yerushalmi enhanced my understanding of brachas Bavli so much. It was like two sides of a coin. It really helped me out tremendously. So I found that when I learned Yerushalmi also, it gives a more complete picture of Teresh Peh. And I think it would be even more enhanced if I would learn all the safra. And like, if, I, if a person would learn every sugya, with every single Maimar Chazal on that sugya, safra, sifri, medrash, everything, I think, taisefta, I think it would be beautiful. So when we have Lakute Rashi, I understand it could detract from the actual piece on the sugya. But I think it's beautiful if you could see other parts of Shas or parts in Chumash where it's discussing the same topic and Rashi's saying something and be and that's mashlam your understanding. I think it's a very beautiful thing. Okay, but again, all right. So on your Shalmi, I'm on your page. I'm actually giving Shir and Shalmi every night. I've also gone through uh, a number of Masechtas. Klyam is very boring. and uh, Klyam's impossible. Klyam is very boring and difficult. I'm waiting for Shvius, and I, I keep on pushing off Klyam. I mean, I, I have to finish it because I was menadev to do it. Um, but I agree with you. Peya, Brochas, and Peya were definitely uh, a wonderful experience. But again, if you're tr- here's where I think you're wrong. Uh, Rashi knew what he could write on this sugi and what he couldn't. So if you want to understand Rashi on this page, if that's what you're, if that's what you're making one of your mataras in your teaching or in your studying, then keep to Rashi on this page because Rashi had a reason why he didn't add that other information. Now you want to make a shtikotayra, you want to write a chabura, you want to take a batamach that Rashi in different places, that's fine. In fact, there's someone before Rashi or at least before the Lakute Rashi that opens up the other sugis, and that's the Taisus himself. That's what that's the tachlis of Taisus is really to be mash for the sugis one where you have a principle here which you find in the principle in some other place. But I think what happens is is that if the Rebbe does have a tafkid to teach the Rashi, then teaching the Rashi afinart is crucial. And when you conflate a Rashi in another place, it's a good shtikotayra. Why didn't Rashi say what he says over there? But but to start off with okay, here's my like as you said, here's my uh, here, here's my my supper for today, and here's my pickled tomatoes, and here's my hot dogs, and, here, and I got everything else ready from Abel's coming. No, that's something to uh, perhaps if 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 you are struggling with the Rashi here, maybe that'll help you to give you ha'ara. But I do I do hear what you're saying, but I think we could look at it in two ways. I mean, I think there's two there's you know I think all learning there's two different. Uh, elements that encompass learning. There's one thing is the idea of to understand the troop shot, right? And then there's the idea of of, of, of knowing what's going on. So the, the for the amelus of understanding, I agree. Akute Rashi is probably a distraction. But for the element of, of the idea satira, and and especially for a more mature learner, like I yeah, in fifth grade, even through high school, I think Lakute Rashi is a terrible idea, right? For sure. But for a more mature learner, to see the beautiful ashlam of Tayrish Valpeh, I, I, I think it could be a nice thing.
Yeah, all right. But again, the, the Frida Kadiris did the sugis without Lakute Rashi. If they had to look up the sugi and they would tell you what Rashi says over there, it's one thing. But when it's on the page, the, the whoever was Ptolemy, whoever came up with the idea to put it there, it, it obviously it made money because that becomes the the the, the primary uh, you know template for Shas, but it's not necessarily an advantage. And I'll say the same thing about the Oiz Vahodras Hagos. Look, I am a big chassid of the Tukei Seifer. You talk about learning Safra, Safri, Safra, and Tesefta. Yes, that is a different type of learning. Our good friends in the conservative movement have, have been big heroes in that. As you know, Shaw Lieberman, right. who of course was an Orthodox person, but still was for them. Uh, the Brikarov, as you know, uh, David Weiss Halivni. That is really their Mahalach, uh, the, the high school that I was uh, attached to SAR, uh, they also very much in their higher levels, you know, want the the bochum and, and the girls as well to learn all the taiseftas and see the safros. And I, I think that is a very advanced level of learning, which I think we, which the Gedele Oilam knew about, and they came right. to the Matrega after they went through the sugya here off in art. I don't know if I agree with you that for a, even for your base medrash, Baruch HaMenavah whether that should be a consistent malach, to show them that there yeah. is nefta, to show them that there is, let's see how the safra, because I came from a place from Nelson, where the high school kids, and, and let, me, let, let me explain it better to you, because you're going to be shocked when you hear it. As a way of empowering the high school kids not to be flummoxed and overwhelmed by the difficulty of the Gemara, what they would do is introduce the Tosefta's or introduce the Safras and say, why was it that the Masadre Ashas changed it? Why was it that it's not exactly the same? Why is it that in the Gemara it seems like it's so convoluted and difficult? Let me show you here where it's so strange. Obviously, I think that, uh, that, that that's to me that's that's ridiculous. I hate to, you know I don't want to put that other yid in. That mahalach is ridiculous. That's not our masira. I think this is for like uh, I'll give you an example. I'm sure you know Bianco Troman. You know, I'm sure you know who he is, right? Yes. So my my partner in Yeshiva, Menachem Weinberg, his shir is Bianco Troman. So I've heard him give shir. Bianco Troman gives shir like that, but he gives advanced shir. Right? For a high school kid, it's nuts. I think for an advanced learner, right? That, that yeah, you could look in the sugya and point out like what does the mechilta bring in over here, right? How does it? That's for advanced, advanced learning. I'm asking, that's not for uh, forget about beginner. That's not even for for, for regular base manager bacham. It's for when you're much older and you you could under you could look at the gemara a different type of hector, in my opinion. Yeah, again, and of course, this is something which, of course, the Gedele, like the Nitziv and others, recognized in all their learning, even before Lieberman, and Siv married Lieberman's uh, granddaughter, but... Uh, it was, all the way around, yeah. yeah. You know, I want to talk about one other thing. We talk about Rashi and, you know, the, the ideas of, you know, had Rashi not... Uh, where Rashi was Nifter, of course, in various places, his, 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 his Talmidim, his grandson of Rashbam famously took over. This is something which, to me, is, you know, and, and the Rashbam, of course, has the closest... Um, uh, biographical descriptions of interactions with Rashi, right? He talks about in Parshas Vayigash, I believe, um, you know, his, is it the Perushim Shem, or it's Vayeshev, or I think it is, the, the Perushim there, Meschachim Bechol Yoim, uh, the fact that Rashi was moited to him, 
that uh, he would write things differently. Of course, our conversation here is not about the parish on Chumash. It's about the parish on Shas. But the Rashbam had, unlike Rabbeinu Tam, who was just like this little Iliyash kid that Rashi gave a nice little broch and kissed him on the kepel, the Rashbam, who was the older brother, actually learned with his grandfather and had a, a very strong yachosim with him. And what, what I find incredible that where you know, the mantle had to be passed, like in one of the key Nazika Masechtas in Baba Basra, Look what the Rashbam did there, you know, starting the beginning of Cheska Sabatim. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, we all know, we talk about, you know, the, the Seder Rashas, the Wedding Shas, the Vilna Shas, the Oizvater Shas. The, the only reason Baba Basra is as gigantic as it is, is, is basically because... Because of the Rashbam, right. The Rashbam, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the Sfarim sellers are very happy that the Rashbam backed it up. But again, what do, what's, what's, your, what's your regish here? You know, the Rashbam, you know, it, it's, it, it's so incredible, I think, a paradox that you know, it's 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 actually mushrish in what the Rashbam says when he sees that there's a tremendous dichotomy between Parshanas Amikra and the Droshas of Teresh of Alpeh. He actually says that, and he explains the Gemara in Shabbos about that that the Rakana did know and Mikra Migutzimide Pshuto, and he says that it's it, it's it's kosher v'yosher to explain psukim that are even what other people would call kfira because there right. there is the oymek Pshuto Shal Mikra. That's the term that he uses. But there's something else about the Rashbam in Chumash. He's Bikitzer Nimrats. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he should, once in a while, he'll get on a soapbox. But generally, he is, he's almost as cryptic and as, 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 as a Kamtsin in his words as, as the Ebenezer is in many places. And yet, when it came to his expressiveness in Shast, um, is it, do you find the Rashbam of Avastra a big success when you're teaching it? Or do you find it in oil? I mean, Right? Are, are, aren't you sometimes honestly saying, "I wish his grandfather was alive for this"? Because this is, you know what I'm saying. Um, I, you know, I actually like Rashbam Baba Basra. I mean, I haven't Baba Basra in a few years, and my favorite parak happens to be the first parak, which is Rashi. But at the same time, there is, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the Rashbam. I know he writes much longer. I mean, can you imagine how long Dafyami would take? Dafyami would take. Yeah. So. A, 11 years. Dafyami would probably take 11 years. It would be a different Dafyami. But on the other hand, I don't know. I, I, I get something, I think it's something very gishmak about the Rashbam. I think, like, you know, I happen to enjoy the Ran also in the Dharam a lot. Right, really. so, okay, so now... These the are, Ran is different, I realize. It's not the same. Different animals completely. Right, right. Mask him. But I'm just saying, just, just the fact I'm, I'm, I'm comparing them to each other that they're both not Rashi. Yeah, okay, so right. in the Dharam, I have to tell you there's something else going on. Um, in the Dharim, what you have, and I heard this from the great Ari, Ari Bergman. I don't know if you know who Ari Bergman is, but uh, a friend of mine. Ari Bamistarim? He, he's a professor in Columbia, in, in Talmud, Ari Bergman. And uh, he's a big Lamdan, a Lamdan Otsum. He was featured recently in the, uh, I guess it was the Shavuos edition of, of, of Ami. They made a very big thing about him. But anyway, the Ari, he's very famous. So anyway, Ari Bergman is a Neri Stroll fellow who was, came a little bit after my time, but we were all, we were all part of the same chevra in a way. I heard from Ari the following. I think it's brilliant. The truth is, I asked him, you know, what's going on? You know, Rashi, what happened with Nadar? What happened with Nadar? Why wasn't Rashi there? So the Ari said that Nadarim is in itself an unfinished Masechta, the Messiah that we had. Now, it could be it's because, like the Meiri says, that there was a, uh, the Ga'inim and others did not want people learning Nadarim. And therefore, the, the manuscripts of Nadarim were not Masudr. 
you'll see there's so many lishnachrinas, there's so many girsoyas and lashnachir, things which are not on the, you're not going to find that in brachas or, or psachim or in a standard gemaras. Nidorim is like unfinished. It's almost like, it's, it's like your shalmi. It's almost your shalmi-like in terms of how uh, difficult it is. So Rashi felt, not that, oh, he wrote it and it was lost. Rashi felt that the job was not mutalalav. His kiyam his was to be mafarish, a finished product. But a product that was still, if not embryonic, but still forming itself, that needed something else. And that's in many ways what the Ran does. The Ran really gives you in his parish sort of like an finished job. Sure. It's interesting. I, I never thought of that. It's a very interesting thought. Did I read Bergman write a sequel? I read Ben Mistarum. Did each pair a two volume safer? You know, it might be. I don't know. I, I I used to be the great bibliophile and I was on top of everything. But, uh, you know, uh, to, especially once the podcast world closed in on me, I don't really know. But I will tell you that, you know, that uh, it could be he wrote that safer. I don't know. But I will right. tell you, I'll tell you that, um, that, that the Ron, of course, and again, let's go to what, uh, what the, um, the, the morale writes in, 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 um, in the Siva in the Siva Teira. Where the morale, of course, complains about Tesis, right? Tesis, right, for sure. Complains about the fact that the, the, the Talmudim, everyone wants to run Tesis. And he complains about the fact that despite the populistic, you know, brilliance of Tesis, the fact that, as I said before, Tesis opens up so many sugyas, but in so many ways, Tesis, you know, leaves a lot of the Hezbeirim behind, like, and there's not enough Hezbeirim, which causes so many alternate interpretations about what Tesis might mean, and also figuring out, there, there's a certain lack of Seder sometimes, trying to figure out how each tarot stims, etc. The Maral really appreciated, he said, he said if had they printed the Rosh, or the Ran, he felt that the Torah would have been, uh, there would have been a much more um, healthy right. uh, advancement of Torah. Tesis, of course, will say, well, how, how could you ever become a Lamdan without knowing how to earn Tesis? Still, you know, you know, the Ran is different. And the Ran, I think, in the Dharam especially, you know, it's almost like the greatest masterpiece of Talmudic writing. Not only did he finish the Masechta, like not only does he provide like, like the Shaklavatari that's missing, he then does the brilliant work and the work that the Sephardim, the Sephardi Rishonim were uh, tremendous in, which is a philosophical understanding of whether it's Dovershiyashul Matirin or whatever it is, but keeping within, you know, the, the normal pilpul or shaklavitaria that people are used to. So the, the, I, I would, again, if you compare these two svarim, the Rashbam of Abbasra and the Ran and the Dharam, <laughs> despite the fact that the Rashbam, we're talking about 200 years uh, or about, right. about years, the Ran and the Dharam is a, is a, is a ultimate masterpiece. Where the Rashbam on Baba Basra is interesting, but you know what? Maybe if the Sefer, if he himself would have edited and made it shorter, there probably still would have been some still Geschmacker learning above Baba Basra. And I don't know if the Velt would have been Chosser that much. I hear, I hear what you're saying. I mean, look, I, I do hear, yeah. You can't, in, in style, they're not the same at all. They're just, they're, they are similar that they're not Rashi and how the Ilam relates to them. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, it's an interesting question. It is.
It's an interesting question. What would happen without Rashi? I don't know. It, 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 it's a lot of food for thought. I'll tell you that much. Yes, yes. Usually when they when my hosts or people say food for thought, that's like that's like when the newscaster shuffles his papers and says, well, I think that's about it. What we can play on this. You know, I, I talk about the hot dogs that are, you know, the, 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 the ginger teriyaki hot dogs that are sausages. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that are waiting for me, but um, ginger teriyaki, that's a good flavor. Wow. Ginger. Yes, yes, yes. But listen, you never know if you're going to become a, uh, a, a regular a contributor here, the risk of the Risa, you have to bring, of course, uh, your shoot fit as well. Tell them that, um, Tell them to to join it. The the, the water is warm, uh, <laughs> flesh is good. <laughs> yeah, we got to get some of these ginger teriyaki hot dogs going on. Okay. Yeah, look, you know, listen, the Midwest. I'm sure it'll be available somewhere out there. Uh, if not, I can speak to the powers that be and, and make sure make that happen. Reverend Olson, I want to thank you again for stepping up to the plate. Um, you know, I think that the um, Coaching staff was very impressed. I think that uh, you are definitely a a, a, a prospect, a <laughs> very strong prospect here. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get you into the starting lineup and not just great as soon as possible. That's it, my friends. Take care. Learn well and learn stark. Be yourself and love Rashi's as well. Take care, my friends. Be well. Call to me. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.